I was just joking, man. Make, 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 make money. Take money, earn, earn, crack money, drug money, bill money. Heard they got life for me. How they got life for me when they took that for me. Since I had my nose, since I had my nose for me. Yeah. House full of helos, so pounds and zeros. Cocaine, my hero. Ain't fake side getting deep old. Always asking what the learner like. Young, young homes still preload. Don't fly, don't, don't fly around my signal. I rearrange your dental. Don't, 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 don't fly around my signal. Don't fly, don't fly around my signal. Don't, don't fly around my signal. I rearrange your dental. Could be my house, you little act disciple. Heard that I'm liable. You get the iPhone. Aim out the eyeball. I'm getting violent. 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 gentlemen to another episode of the sample hour so uh today i have a special guest who uh somebody i've been friends with on twitter for a long time but we've never really talked but you've hung you've hung out with good friends of mine and um i know uh i just know we we have a lot of the same friends on twitter so you may know him as unholy cod piece on twitter or at stand the devil but uh, Stand the Devil is more than just an unholy cod piece. So um, you can support Stand the Devil. For any of you that don't know, Stan actually has multiple projects going on, one of which is uh, Damn Good Chili. So if you go to www.dgchili.com, you can go on there and uh, tell, us, tell some people a little bit about Damn Good Chili, Stan. It's a business uh, my best friend out here in Las Vegas started with me. He uh, had a great chili recipe, <clears throat> and we were both in between jobs. We're both sheet metal workers by trade, but we were in, in between jobs, and you know, I think we were watching a football game or something. He made the chili up, and I always try to get him to make it, you know, because yeah. it, it was awesome. So <clears throat> he makes it up. And uh, I'm like, dude, we, we could sell this seriously. And he's like, you think so? I'm like, yeah. And I said, it's damn good chili. <laughs> and, uh, he's like, that's what we should name it. I'm like, fuck yeah. You know, and his brother's a tattoo artist. So he drew up our logo and uh, we decided to go to like fairs and festivals in Las Vegas and put it in a sourdough bread bowl. And it's so fucking good that way. And uh, we started up a little uh, like, uh, we didn't have a trailer. We just had a pop-up tent and, uh, we bought all our kitchen equipment and went from, uh, you know, place to place and sold our chili did really well that way. But then sheet metal started picking up and, you know, that's where you can get insurance and all that. So we started, uh, <laughs> started slowly veering away from, uh, doing fairs and festivals. And we went start and, uh, put just the spice packets online because we had such a huge following, from just what little we did under 15 events last year. And, uh, you know, we'll probably, we'll definitely do under 10 this year. I know. So <clears throat> it's cool because the, the people that bought it and they, a bunch of return customers, they would always want our spice packets. Now we can get them to them online. That's so cool though. So, I mean, so something, man, that, um, that I've really been kind of focusing on, like, cause I mean, like I think, we're around the same age. I think you're a little bit older, but I mean, like for us, like, I don't know about you, like, but for me, like I, I it was really hammered into me 
that I needed to go to college and like just the idea of trade work wasn't necessarily really ingrained. But I think yeah. like for you, like, I mean, like you really are like, I think like your kind of lifestyle with a sense of like, you know, income supplements and stuff like that. I, I think like, you know, having a trade, learning a trade and then getting an education or, or starting a business like, like a different business. I think that really is really good for most people. Like, so if you don't mind me asking Stan, like, how did you get into sheet metal work? I, when, uh, when I was 18, I stopped working like part-time jobs doing, you know, landscaping and stuff in Ohio. And I, my grandparents who were from Arkansas and they were, you know, completely uneducated. They taught themselves how to read and they had dirt wood, dirt floors in Arkansas. I have pictures of it. It's crazy that they lived like, a, you know, someone in a third world country and they, but they were in the United States. They moved to Detroit to, or Detroit area to try to get uh, jobs in the automotive boom. And they ended up settling in Toledo, Ohio and working there. You know, and I'm from to Toledo, right, Stan? Yeah, I <laughs> shit, man! I didn't realize you're from Toledo, dude. Jeez, yeah. shows you what I know, man. That's crazy. Keep going, man. My bad. That's all right. But they uh, started working at a little tiny foundry, and I ended up working there for uh, probably three years. Wherein I uh, ended up do- becoming like head of the cast department and stuff like that. And one of my jobs was to learn how to weld and. Uh, fill in little holes that might occur. So I learned how to weld. And then I, uh, when I got sick of working in the foundry and developing uh, silicosis, <laughs> whatever <laughs> the hell's going to kill me. Yeah. I, uh, I ended up getting to sheet metal because I was a great welder and I specialized, specialized in like really thin gauge welding because I'd have to fill in like super tiny spots. So it was a natural fit. And, uh, at that time, like, um, there's a power plant uh, called Davis Bessie that was uh, being redone, and I was actually welding on that as an apprentice. So, my dad, uh, my dad helped build Davis Bessie. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He was uh, he was doing welding, like no joke. Yeah. Like that's so crazy, man. Like holy shit, man. Yeah. I don't know how I missed so that. Some, I feel like an idiot. some of the things that I built in there maybe right up next to what your pops built. Yeah. <laughs> That's really crazy. He said, um, he, he said, dude, like working in a, like being a welder in like a nuclear power plant was like the easiest job because it always has to be inspected. It is. So, you work, yeah. it, it takes a lot of talent, but very little work. I mean, cause you just have to pass your test 100% of the time and you're fine. Yeah. He said but, like uh, you do a little bit of work and then you just chill for like an hour because yeah, the inspector it's, has it's, to come. It's not as easy as, uh, you know being a <laughs> being born rich but it's damn close <laughs> <laughs> so you were working at davis bessie so what like what t- what ended up moving you out taking you out to vegas uh things started slowing down in ohio um it was the early 2000s and uh my wife and i <clears throat> she we we just wanted to get away before we had a kid because we knew once we had a kid we'd be kind of I don't like using the word stuck, but it would be a lot, lot more difficult to uh, get up and leave with family and grandparents and everything. Yeah. So <clears throat> she, uh, we were working on having a kid and she, uh, we, we were also looking, we took a, I think a 
we took a little like weekend trip out here and I just saw the construction. I'm like, geez, man, this is crazy. I got to get in on this. This is a lot of money, you know? So I came out here and, um, started working for, uh, sheet metal contractors building these big ass casinos. And then things took a turn, finally caught up out here. People couldn't afford to take vacations as much as often as they used to. So things got slow out here and I started, uh, damn good chili i started a t-shirt company so what so so tell me about your t-shirt so like so what was it that made you like kind of gave you the push to be like you know what i just i mean like so you guys joked about like making this chili but was like the chili like the first business and then you were kind of like your eyes were kind of open you're like you know what i could do more businesses this is actually fun and really not that bad no man ever since i was a kid i've always been Ever, ever since I was a kid, I've been ex- ex- completely motivated to not be a failure because I've seen it in my family. Yeah. And it is like the scariest thing. <laughs> well, growing up, growing up in Toledo I, and Detroit, for some reason, there's yeah. like there's something that like you look at people in your family. Because like, there's no net. No. You're fucked. No, if no. Yeah. Make that money. You're you're going to starve. Yeah, you know, or panhandle, which I have too much dignity for. for it, you know? <laughs> well, so, that I mean, you know, like in Toledo too. Like my dad, he just retired from Jeep, and um, like they're they're not going to be making Jeeps in Toledo by like 2018 because yeah. because the the demand is so high, and everyone in Toledo is acting like it's the end of the world. It's like no, like this is the biggest opportunity for you guys because now you can do something besides just you know, reliant on like your back labor. Yeah. Kiss ass for a major corporation that, you know, <laughs> gets a tax free ride in your city. Fuck them. You know, you should, mm-hmm. I know it's going to suck for them to, to, uh, reset. It's going to, it's going to suck for them to reset. It always does. But you know, just I've never had the mindset of where I was going to fail. I, I I actually took a hallucinogenic trip a little bit ago, and I envisioned myself as the uh, dad of uh, on Gremlins, the dad the better, <laughs> because I'm always building shit and making <laughs> shit. Some of it works, some of it don't. But I learn a lot from it, and uh, you know, I, in businesses too. You know, I, I I've uh, always had something. Like when I was 16, I had a. Uh, I'd, I'd mow, I figured out that I could, I had like a house and across one main street was a trailer park across another street was a trailer park and across the Creek on the other side. And this is in the middle of the city. It isn't like it's, you know, <laughs> I mean, not in the middle, it's on the South side, but I, I uh, figured out that I could mow these lawns of these trailer parks for these old people for five bucks a piece. And it would take me like, you know, maybe, eight minutes, you know, and I could nail these out. And I had so much money. When I was a kid, I had at 16. I had a uh, guy who lived uh, near me that owned a uh, limousine service or he didn't own it, but he worked for him, but he'd take the limousine home every night and he would drive me to the arcade and I'd pay him out. Like, <laughs> you know, so I'd get out of the arcade and limo and all these people would be like, holy shit, who the fuck's this dude? <laughs> so this was, uh, this was in Toledo? Yeah. What uh? What arcade was it at? Uh, so the uh, Southwick. Uh, no, the one on South. It was uh, Har- Har- Harvey's or Harry's. Dude, it's so Harry's crazy. Arcade. It's near Vito's Pizza on Hill. Dude, isn't uh, Vito's like like one of the best pizzas? Like, do you love Vito's? 
It's so fucking good. Yeah, like people <laughs> people don't know about Vito's. Like Marcos is down here now, and Marcos has really stepped up their game. For like yeah. listeners that don't know what we're talking about, Polito actually has some really fucking good pizza. Yeah. <laughs> good restaurants all around there. I had no idea you grew up in Toledo, dude. Like, have we ever talked about this or no? No, but I see people's tweets every once in a while. I, I mention it every great once in a while, you know, just to keep the NISA updated and all that shit. <laughs> That's crazy. So did you go to, did you go to like a we don't have to share this. Did you go to like an inner city school or where did you go? When did you where Oh did you hell go? yeah, man. I looked like a marshmallow and a bowl of hot chocolate. <laughs> Where'd you go? Did you go to Libby? No, I went to Rogers High School. Oh, Rogers, yeah. Yeah. Shit, yeah, man. That's it was, crazy. It, it was wild, man. <laughs> <laughs> I tell some of my my black friends out here that I'm blacker than they are. <laughs> <laughs> Inner city Toledo is a it could be a rough place, man. Um that's yeah. that's funny, dude. So so okay, so you so you started out cutting grass, you're getting limo yeah. limo drives to the arcade as a kid. Yeah. Was but that- I mean I just every everything I did, I would uh it, go 100 percent at you know it, as much as i could if uh, you know so i i started doing so many lawns that i had like two kids working with me and you know we were like the shit in school so because we were the only ones who had money to buy beer and all that stuff you know <laughs> so uh yeah, it just progressed from there where I, I knew that uh, if I couldn't get the problem always was is that I couldn't get insurance for things, you know, yeah. so I would always have to end up bailing out and getting a real job if something came up and, you know, just hiding my illness or whatever. So, like, <laughs> so that, yeah, a lot of those had to be abandoned. But, yeah, eventually I came out here and uh, I did sheet metal. Then I worked for insomniac building uh crazy props for electric daisy carnival and okay uh, so that's what that's from those glasses uh those insomniac glasses are pretty crazy yeah yeah let's see the world through rainbow (laughs) (laughs) that's pretty cool so um so what other like businesses like if you don't have to talk about them if you don't want to but what other business side businesses do you have well, I stopped the t-shirt business and I'm in the process of selling all that stuff just because I don't have time. You know, I have a yeah. son and he takes a lot of time right now. I'm just doing damn good chili and I have a, uh, uh, podcast slash, uh, online magazine or online, uh, comic book slash a few other things I'm working on. They're all related. It's, uh, entitled, uh, weird tales of the frontier. And it's going to be kind of like uh, X-Files set in the uh, old Nevada desert in the 1860s. That's so, pretty awesome, man. Yeah, I got a <clears throat> I got a published writer that writes sci-fi that's helping me and my uh, friend out. We just, same thing, we're shooting the shit one day and said, man, we could do a, a great story on this. And we were, you know, drinking, writing down everything that we uh, came, came to mind and it just it's falling together nicely. I can't wait to get it out there for you guys. So so when do you think that release is gonna happen? I we should be done writing the first uh we should we're we're on the second episode. We should have the third episode wrote by the end of this month, and that's what we want. We want three to record all at once. That way we're three ahead. In case you know something comes up, or there's an issue or discussion about which way the story should go, so 
That's pretty cool. So is it, it's going to be like an audiobook format as well yeah. as... That's yep. awesome, man. Yeah. We're going to release those uh, hopefully weekly or bi-weekly podcasts. That's what we're trying to really uh, hone down is how quickly we can get these out and get them sounding nicely. But we have an artist that uh, also that wants to do a, a comic online comic book accompaniment with it. And uh, it's going to be you know similar to the stories. There's going to be characters that interweave through both of them. And uh, it's going to be really neat, man. I'm really interested in it. It's yeah, that's super creative. Than what I've ever done before because uh, I build shit, you know, and this is going to be uh, all writing and <laughs> it's going to be in the, you know, cosmos. It ain't going to, it isn't something tangible by hands, you know? Yeah. It's going to be weird. That's but. pretty crazy. So, um, so this is the same friend that you did the chili business with? Nope. Different friend. Yep. The one, the guy who I do the chili business with, he, I, he's my best friend that I, uh, met out here and the guy that I'm doing the, uh, audio book, he's like a good friend that I work with. He's more of a work companion than a, you know, let's go out and drink a couple beers type thing, which keeps it interesting because I have no qualms of hurting his feelings and saying, Hey man, I don't like that idea. Let's go this way. And he has no qualms about saying, Stan, your idea is stupid. It'd work out way better if this character, you know, (laughs) encountered this at this time. So, yeah. So what do you, so, so do you think like, um, I guess like, so do you think more people should just, like, so I think like, you know, um, one thing that I've kind of learned, like just in my own experience is that most things you need, um, that you can, that you can really accomplish and kind of put yourself to another level in life is you can find in your, in your network and loose network of people. So who, you know, and who you, the people, you know, who they know. And I think like, do you think, so do you think like more people should, should really try to like brainstorm and look for resources within who they already know to try to try absolutely to, man yeah my grandfather told you used to always tell me stan if you have a million friends and you ask for a dollar from each of them you'll have a million dollars he wasn't saying go out and beg for a million dollars he's saying use the people around you to, to you know benefit you all as much as you possibly can you know it it isn't like uh it i i definitely anytime someone runs an idea across from me that i think is worthwhile I give them 100% motivation. Hey, you want to help with that? I'll help you. You know, I'll hop right in and I, I get shit done. You know, I'm not a bullshitter. Oh, I am on Twitter. Man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm the same way, man. I like to do stuff and it, like, I don't always have good ideas, but like I try to find people that do so I can help them and be exactly, a part right? of it and learn from it. Like I don't like, I mean, I have my own ideas, but it's like, I still, I still kind of like struggle with, and I don't think it's really a struggle because it's like, you know, I'm going to have my own ideas, but it's not always about being the deal. It's, you know, owning the deal or being a part of the deal. So I think like, you know, I, I think it's, I just think it's interesting. Like, I think it's, it's, it's interesting to think about like what, you know, what we've, what we've been traditionally taught. And then when you look at people that are traditionally most successful um, in life and living the lives that they want to live it's they didn't necessarily follow the 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 track that they're trying to sell everybody on which is you know go to school get good grades go to college and get a good job with benefits in in reality you know you want to learn a trade you want to have a trade and then 
while you're learning a trade, you know, get an education if you want or develop yourself in a sense. Like, you know, like just yeah. treat that trade as, as income. Don't treat it as like a career. Um, that, that's the most important thing I, I think for anyone is to develop a strong trade that you can fall back on when she, you know, what you're doing isn't your trade should be your second is your safety net. It shouldn't be your primary thing that you're doing in life. Cause you're going to make your, you happy. You know what I mean? And if you do have a trade where say you're an electrician and everything, and you have a fascination with electricity, well, that's going to do nothing but help you with what you're wanting to accomplish. Otherwise, say you want to build some crazy led display and, you know, sell it to EDC or something. There you go. You, you can do your electrical work and hone your craft, and then you just have to learn how to program after that. I mean, I, I think that uh, developing a strong trade—I don't care what it is, cooking, build, construction type of thing, whatever, computer, anything—develop it, it in an area that you're want, you're comfortable being in, and then go from there of what you want to do from from there should be a safety net yeah like that's i mean that's how it is for me with sales like i don't i don't have like i'm definitely very educated like i went to well as good as educated you can be going to the university of toledo for five years but <laughs> like you know like i i learned quite a bit but I've, I've learned even more online like just by like you know youtube university or you know, studying critical thinking skills or just whatever. Like I'm always trying to be online and educating myself or reading a book or something. But, you know, one thing that was interesting was, um, for me personally, when I was, you know, I was, uh, I was going to school at UT and I had like a hundred different majors and I was just trying to find like a trade or like a skill or something I could do because I just knew like, you know what, I just need a job that is going to pay me so much money. And then I just, my plan was just to save as much money as I could and then retire early. Yeah. Um, and then I, I kind of realized that, Oh, I could go into business for myself. And I like, you know, I, I, I read like rich dad, poor dad and uh cash flow um, quadrant and like all these books by like Robert Kiyosaki and like all these other people and then I just started kind of thinking differently and, you know, like something he said was, you know, you really need to learn to sell. Like if you learn to sell, then it you can, you know, whatever. That's the hardest part of any of it, man. Yeah. It, it is. And it's probably the most simple to do. You just have to get your ass out there and get your name out there, you know? Yeah. It's the hardest thing to do. But to find time to do it is a motherfucker. But that sales is an insanely valuable trade. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So like I've I've like and that's and that's pretty much it. Like I was uh I was in this network marketing company. I was walking up on a kiosk because I needed a cell phone because I was bugging all my friends and family trying to talk to them about noni juice, and uh, which obviously didn't work out too well. But um, I learned a bunch from it. And then like the guy ended up offering me a job. And then I started just selling. I was one of those phone guys in a kiosk. And then I worked in cell phone kiosks for a long time. And then, yeah, man, was laid off, started the podcast, and now I'm still in sales. And it's just like, it's just transitioning, but it's like learning the skills that I've learned from sales and like trying to apply it to other things. Like I've helped my stepmom sell her yeah. art. And it's just nice. like, so like I try to bring that to the table and just like, because it, it really is a skill, but like also building things, cooking. I mean, like, like it's I feel a, like, 
we all need to learn these skills. Yeah, we definitely all rely on each other when it comes to that. It's a weird way of looking at it. (laughs) But yeah, the more people you can get in your circle, they're varied, you know. If you have a group of lawyers, you have a group of lawyers that you hang out with. But if you have a group of everybody that you hang out with, I mean, don't you know? You're you're doing way better off if you're looking to start projects. Yeah, I think that sales like ends up eventually you become an agent if you're you know crafty enough at it and stuff like that. I think that's the next evolution, isn't it? For a, in a in a sales trade. Yeah, I think an agent and start. Maybe a promoter after that. I don't know. Yeah, I think like the promotion is definitely like definitely with the comedy shows. Um, because an agent, you have to sell a person, sell an act. Yeah, yeah, I think it's you know, I think promotion and agencies, I think that's you know, I think that's I think that could be the evolution. I mean, I'd like to own you know, multiple businesses, like, I think that's like, I don't like it's like I'm good at sales, but sometimes, man, it's like I just it's just like it, I I want to just chill a lot and I don't want to do anything. And I'm like, man, I just want, I just want my money to make me money or I want to do a little bit of work and have that work continuously pay off. And, and it's, and I think it's like, you know, something you were saying about the shows, like you only went to so many shows, but that was the effect. But even like, um, I have some friends that are tattoo artists. Yeah. And when they travel, they become so much more popular just because it's different art and like the more they travel, the more popular they're going to become and the more their art's going to be a demand. And I think that's how it is with anything, like just getting whatever you have out there and finding exactly. the people that that are looking for what it is. And then the the people that like what you do will naturally do the rest of the work for you. I mean, you look at like JRE and why we're even talking right now. And it's just like, you know, they, there wasn't a bunch of advertisement like it's not. Like obviously, what it's turned into today is completely different than what it used to be, and I'm not—I don't mean that yeah. in, a, in a bad sense, but it's just—it's just a lot different now. But like back in the day, it was like you know we all had these interests, and like we all were interested in in JRE, and then we found each other on Twitter, and then it's like oh shit, we have these things in common. Oh no way, you grew yeah. up in Toledo? I'm fucking from Toledo. I was, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's—it's yeah. it's just weird. Weird coincidences will naturally happen. Yeah, definitely. And the larger group you have to pull from, I mean, the chances are you're going to meet more like-minded people. I mean, there's always going to be a few people that you are like, uh, you just stay over there for a little bit. (laughs) But yeah, and I'm usually one of those people. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's just weird. It's, It's like, it's weird. Like some people, it's like, man, I like that guy. I just haven't really interacted with him that much. Like, and then, oh, yeah, uh, yeah. In but, my, per- yeah, I understand that completely too. I, there's some people that I've had on my uh, Twitter feed that I find super interesting, but having had a chance to jump in an interaction, you know, and say, uh, say hello or however the hell I'd do it, you know? Well, I just know that like, uh, like Jason hung out with you in, uh, Vegas, yeah, Jason and cool Joe. Fuck, yeah. And, yep. uh, he was like, yeah, Stan's cool as fuck, dude. He's, uh, he was just like, you can tell he's just kind of doing the family life in Vegas. He doesn't really give a shit about the strip or any of that stuff. It's probably, know, it's probably more I, annoying than anything else. Well, yeah, I drive there, you know, to to make money and then I don't want to. Yeah, it gets old after a while seeing, you know, drunk ass women in their bare feet walking through vomit every night. It just gets boring. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so I, I, yeah, I definitely do more of the family life out here, but, uh, I, um, 
I, I spoil myself with uh, my surroundings. I, I live <laughs> way away from the strip, and I uh, if I want to have fun, I go and uh, go camping up in the mountains and take some mushrooms and have a blast. <laughs> so what is so like living in Nevada? Like, what's that? What are your favorite parts of that? And like, what really kind of drew you there? Because it you went out to Vegas, but like, what what actually made you like? You know what I. Like, I know you said there was good work, but I mean, was there anything else at the time? Was it just like, it's it's out of Ohio, it's out of that awful winter? I've always been fascinated with the desert, man. I, I really have. I always love pictures of it, stuff like that. My Some of my favorite spots out here, the Valley of Fire is awesome. If you look up on Google Images you'll or pictures, whatever, you'll see amazing photos out there. And it looks just as beautiful in real life. And uh, the uh, Red Rock Canyon is awesome. Um, there's so much cool stuff. I, I like just taking long ass drives and like I've done a few jobs for uh, Air Force bases out here, and it'll be probably like an hour drive just through the desert. I mean, you know, it's just so peaceful and such a straight run. You know, it's it's pretty nice. I like it. You know. Yeah, I went out to Arizona. Um for the uh for this it was it's called my friend Alma puts it on it's like the Jackalope Freedom Festival it's it's a pretty good time it's just like uh it's like a bunch of I don't know agorists and anarchists like really libertarian yeah. people and they just want to hang out and uh I'm out with JR man and I feel like JR is the same way with Arizona like I think the desert's pretty personally but like I don't know if I could live in it man like I don't like I, I'm more of an ocean guy like and I'm not trying to just hate oh, yeah. on it but there's definitely like a beauty to a desert. Like there's definitely like something about a desert that's like, because I drove through mo like I drove like this three hour drive from Phoenix to get up and Tempe to get up to um, where the national forest was, which was beautiful as well. Um, yeah, and it's it is something it is something like breathtaking. Like it is something that's just uh, you know you you take it all in and it's just like wow this is crazy. I, I was uh, partying with some friends from. Uh, Midwest, I think they're Indiana, not Ohio, but they asked me what I like about the desert, and I was pretty fucked up. But I said, I, because uh, it reeks of desperation. That's what it, that's why I like about it. There are opportunities so thin and so few between. If you're like out watching the wilderness, I mean, you can see five things eat each other in probably 30 minutes if you're near water. It's just, I don't know. It's just cool how. Uh, how there's just nothing forever, <laughs> you know. Seventy percent of that is owned by the government. You ain't even allowed on the property, so you can like look off into distances and not see anything man-made. You know, it's a really weird feeling. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, uh, so okay. So now you go out there. How fast do you get sick of the strip? Like, what did it take? Like a week. <laughs> no, to tell you the truth, I was already sick of the strip before I moved out. <laughs> I, I, we, when we were on our vacation, we stayed here for a week, and I was like, "Holy fuck, man! Three days would have been great, but a week is a way overkill." So I don't mind. I, I do it right, you know. I stay out and hang out outside of uh, the strip and all that shit. And when friends or family come in town, then I go to the strip and party. I don't hate the strip. It's just not someplace I'd prefer to to be, you know. It's yeah. just it, it 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 reeks of 
corporate bullshit so much that it makes me nauseous sometimes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Everything's a fucking advertisement. Well, I heard you can't walk anywhere. Like I heard you literally have to take a cab anywhere. Like the way that shit's designed, like it's <clears throat> like it's designed to, to kind of confuse you and just keep you gambling. Oh yeah, dude. Yeah, all of them are like that. When I lived in Salido, I'd go to Canada. Oh yeah. I drank uh, Windsor. Yeah, I drank absinthe up there, and was it was my bachelor party, and we were walking through a casino, and it took me probably twenty five minutes to find the fucking exit up there. I, albeit I had a buzz, but who doesn't have a buzz in a casino? But yeah, they design them really strange here, and the cab companies they are fucking assholes, man. They lobby against they they were going to build a monorail behind uh, they already have it partway through the because uh, through the strip but they were going to wrap it to the airport so you just hop on the monorail and go to your hotel you know no traffic no nothing and the cab companies lobbied against it and had it uh ha- had it stop it's just it's so ridiculous out here that's why the strip makes me nauseous pretty much because <laughs> everything's so controlled and contrived but uh yeah, I like it out where I'm at. Like I can, I can walk down the road with my dogs, and I see nothing but a mountain for a very long time. It's kind of nice. That's pretty awesome, man. So when you do most yeah. of your work, do you just drive. It's is it mainly in Vegas, like where you have to go work? Like you drive into like the <laughs> yeah, downtown yeah. area. Yeah, I design the. Uh, I design and install kitchen hoods and build the HVAC systems and all that stuff out here so for apartment department stores and stuff like that That's so awesome. i drive into i drive into the malls and the uh strip and do all that stuff so yeah that's that's pretty cool man um so what i, I was gonna ask oh you i also have another yeah. i have also i have three uh board games that i there we go stan with, there we go a, yeah I, <laughs> I built three board games with uh, the same friend of, that uh, is uh, helping me design the uh, Weird Tales of the Frontier. And uh, two of them are completely done. They just need they, they work properly. Third one, we have to work out a few kinks. But just waiting on an artist for those and uh, hopefully get those published sometime soon, too. But it seems like the... Uh, our, uh, Artists, no offense to my artist friends out there, but you're all flaky motherfuckers. <laughs> Dude, my artists are artists are interesting people, man. Like, especially if they do visual arts. Like, my stepmom is an artist, yeah. and when we go to art shows to sell her art, I make her walk away because she like freaks out so much and just puts yeah. off this uncomfortable vibe when I'm trying to sell her art. I'm like, you need to just go get a beer and walk around because you're just out of control right now. <laughs> Like you just, you really just need to walk away, please. <laughs> yeah, I can, I can see that definitely going down. I, I get, I have so many friends of mine that have promised me like good friends and I have green money that will, will cash. Yeah. They're like, they're, I'm like, I'll pay you to do this. Okay, man. Cool. How long? Oh, uh, give me three weeks and three weeks will come up. You get started on that. No, man. I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to find someone else. I've, I've searched probably. I've made deals with probably 15 artists and haven't received anything. So I just mechanically have everything laid out on the board pieces and all that stuff. So it's a, uh, it, it's playable, but it, it isn't as pretty as it's, I'd like. It's not complete. 
Yeah, artists are, they're not always really motivated by, they're they're more motivated by human expression than they are by money a lot of times. Exactly, exactly. But I would give them a fucking hug if they wanted. Yeah, same here, man. (laughs) Same here, man. But the only guy who I've ever really dealt with when it came to art was just really up front, uh, this guy, Davi Barker. You should check out his art. He's like a... Um, he's on Twitter, he's Muslim agorist and he's like, uh, he does this cool, like he started melting, um, army men and then he'd paint like zombie faces. Like he'd paint, turn them into zombies by just like melting them. And he shows how he did it. Like he's, he's got some pretty cool art. Um, but yeah, a lot of times, man, it's like even, and if they are your friends and you like them, they don't want you to pay the money. They just want to do it for you. And then it's like, and then it takes them a little bit. Because it's like, no, just just let me pay you money. It just makes this whole process easier. Please, please let me pay you money. (laughs) Anytime I'm asking you to sign, you know, a contract saying that this is now mine, please let me pay you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not a a dick. So do you do? uh, So you do contracts with them? Yeah, I do contracts with all my artwork that I. Yeah, I make them sign agreements that it's now mine, that they sign over the rights to it. I always just kind of have a, an understanding. Like, maybe I should do contracts. Like, I, I like, like so if they want to do a contract, I'll do one. But, like, I'm not, um, for me, it's it's like, a, I'd, I'd rather just do a handshake because I don't like... I don't, I, you I know don't, what? I, I would rather do that, too, but that's not the world I think we live in at yeah. this point. I, it, people get very desperate, you know, let's say, if, let's say you could not afford to feed your family, but there's a way for you to get $20,000 off of some dude that you, you know, had, did some work for 15 years ago and you, there was no contracts involved or anything. And you're like, hmm, guess what the fuck I'm going to do? You know, people get very desperate out there. That's the only reason I do it. That makes I've sense. Had, I've had someone threaten me before that they were going to take a, a, a logo that I had them do. And I was like, you can threaten all you want, man, but I have this piece of paper right here because he got pissed because he didn't think I hear. You, you know what? It, it's just weird. You can pay someone for something, but then once that thing becomes more value valuable, they want more of a cut for it. That piece of paper says, nope, there's a line in the sand. I don't owe you a fucking dime more, you know? Yeah, that's interesting, man. That's definitely like, I don't, it's like, it's one of those things that for me, it's like, it's like a moral thing that I'm like, I don't, I don't really like intellectual property. Like, I don't like that idea, but then it's like the fucked up legal system is always going to try to fuck you. Like they're going to use intellectual property to fuck you. Like it's, well, they, that's a, that's, if you're going to use, uh, if you're if you're using their system, you gotta play it the way it'll benefit you the most. You know, if you're yeah. playing with the devil, you better that's, know the rules. I mean, that's why I kind of really respect the Koch brothers. You know what I mean? Like because like I don't necessarily agree with everything they like all their agenda, but like man, yeah. they're just like oh, so in this government, you just buy out politicians yeah. and policies. Yeah, you- yeah, yeah, and you don't even have to hide it anymore. <laughs> no, they they use that thing called dark money that I still want to figure out. But like they uh, they paid for uh, I think it's like Florida Florida Coastal Atlantic or something like that. They bought out their economics department for thirty thousand dollars. 
Like they're like, we want you to, but that's it. That's all the money. These guys have billions of dollars and all it cost them is $30,000. It's just like, (laughs) wow, that was a no brainer. That's like, that's like probably 30 cents to them. Like, like it's, it's nothing. And it's just, uh, I don't know, man. It's, it's pretty interesting. That's the problem with with that type of, uh, with with this system, it's very hard to, uh, ever, uh, knock anyone down a notch who is abusing you know, it, it, they're buying the government. Is yeah. that right? Fuck no, it's not right. Yeah. Who's gonna stop them? No fucking body. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's it's, but, I mean, but that's just how. Effect. But that's just how government is. Period, man. I think if there's government, like look at um, like in Sweden, like I just watched this documentary about the guys from Pirate Bay. Um, it's called uh, AFK, like away from keyboard, and they like put on this flowchart of where the motion picture association of America's money is going and how the judge that ruled against them was actually a part of one of their little, um, groups that they, that it has known connections to. And they, uh, called a mistrial for conflict of interest. And of course it wasn't, it wasn't granted. And it's just like, you know, like the motion picture association is another one of those that it's just like, you know, they, they just buy buy parts of the government. I mean, or just yep. like just like the, what the cabs did there, and it's just like I, yeah. I feel like if there's if there's government, like it's crazy. It's like if it's not extreme, I don't know, man. Like I've been watching. Well, here's the problem: there's always going to be some. Say there's no government whatsoever, none whatsoever. Then whoever has the most weapons or whatever is going to be the in charge. There's always going to be someone calling the shots. Yeah. It's whether that someone is working for you or not. Yeah. Well, I think it's even if a bomb hit something catastrophe hit, there's a decimation of the population and all hell breaks loose. Still, there's going to be motherfuckers in charge and I doubt they're going to be your friend. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's either you, you're going to be calling the shots or someone else. That's going to be all there is to it. But I think that's why you just need to keep going. Humanity. You know, yeah. Everyone, every there, everyone thinks there should be a leader, and everyone thinks that they could do a better job doing it. Yeah, I think it's uh, you know, the the fact is, I think it comes back to you know, like owning your own business and trying to be you know as locally resilient as possible. Exactly. I, I think like yeah, that's that's the answer, man. Yeah, like you know, find find a group of people that like you know want to be in a similar era to you, have similar beliefs to you, and then. You just have a community, I think like, and I think like, you know, like farmers markets, um, I think all that stuff, man, I think all that stuff is, is good. Like, I think, you know, I think business is good for that. I think small business, especially in the sense of like, you know, like I'm, I bet like every chili trade show you went to had this cool little vibe going on because everyone was there to make money. It was a hell of a community we met probably like. I think we met like five judges and all of them were giving us great compliments. You know, they'd come over and they're like, you guys got to enter this into chili competition. We'd say, no, no, we're not going to do that because if you get to the national chili competition, you have to give them your recipe. And we were building a business. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So why would we give them our recipe? Absolutely. It, 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 that's our secret. No one can, ma- it, you, it would take them, you know, a lot of money to figure out what we put in those spices. Cause it's not, I'll tell, give you a hint. Cayenne pepper isn't even in it. Uh, you know, so it, there's <laughs> nothing in it, you know, 
no chili, but no normal chili spices. We went really exotic when we made this up, but it tastes like what you would expect chili to be. Yeah. Like, I think like, you know, art shows, trade shows, chili shows, like, I think all that shit though, I think like, and that's pretty, I mean, that makes a ton of sense too. I don't want like, that is funny. Do you think they were, do you think they just wanted you to win a contest? Or do you think you'll ever go back to, uh, no, I think they were really rooting for us that they thought that we could win a chili competition, but how much money would you get if you won? I think it's $50,000, which, you know, Man, right the, now, the chilies, but keeping it a secret's way, worth way more to me. Because, exactly. Um, you know what I mean? Once you, I, I, once you guys uh, try it out, give me a holler on uh, Twitter and let me know what you think. I've had no complaints. The Aussies that buy it, they put it on everything, man. Like Crystal on Twitter, he, he puts it on his toast even. He puts he this, the shit. seasoning on his toast. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Um, yeah, we're going to make it, uh, I think we're going to make it probably tomorrow or tonight. I think we're going to try to make it for the Conor McGregor fight. Um, awesome. Cool, man. Yeah. You excited? <laughs> you excited for that fight? Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Dude, I, I, we were watching the vlogs and, um, it's like the UFC is building up Conor McGregor so much that it's like, what happens if Seaver knocks him out? Like they have Jose Aldo to be there. So if Conor McGregor wins, like they're going to, you know, he's going to come to the ring and say, oh, this date, these guys are fighting. (laughs) Yeah. And it's like, but like, it's like, you know, the UFC has had so much shit like backfire, like uh, with John Jones and the cocaine. Uh, Ronda Rousey's doing Hollywood shit. Kane Velasquez is hurt. Um, It's just like, it's just like the, like what's going to happen if I don't think Conor McGregor is going to lose. But if he loses, man, the UFC's really fucked. Like, there's always a chance. I mean, so, yeah, you know, there's always a chance. Yeah, I, I don't know that that organization. It, uh, I, you know, everyone can say if they were running that they'd run it better, but fuck, man, they're the ones who put the name on the map. You know what I mean? Well, they. The thing is, is they. I mean, they. They have to constantly be dynamic and changing and evolving yeah. and looking for stars. I mean, that's why they're trying to expand. I mean, they're expanding so fast across the globe. Their their frequency of pay-per-views, though, you would have to be, you know, pretty well off to, to pay for every pay-per-view that, that comes out. I don't get <laughs> what the thinking is there. There's yeah, got to be a better way to they send need the fights to. to you. Well, where I, you could get people to pay less, but in more frequency. You know what I mean? There's got to be statistics out there like, say, oh, yeah, we can drop it to 20 bucks a fight and get, you know, this many more millions of people. OK, well, that 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 compensates for costs. There's got to be some nerd out there who's done the work. Oh, well, you if, if you ever check out like Torrent Freak, um, their RSS feed, like that's that's pretty good stuff. They're always talking about like piracy and everything else like that. But like, you know, there's um there was this site called WYSIWYG. And, uh, it, it, they shut, they, they shut themselves down cause they changed some Spanish law, but their whole point, like they interviewed the original guys that made the original WYSIWYG and they said, you know, people don't want to pay for cable or satellite. People yeah. want to watch stuff on demand and people will pay per game that they want to watch, but they just want to know that they can watch it. Yeah. And, and like, if I could pay $5 to watch 
every like a game of my favorite team. Like I don't know. Like I'm a big baseball fan. MLB TV is great. Like it sucks because like you know if you're in the market, like there's blackouts for cable and satellite. So, but you know if you if you just know how to use a VPN, like you can work your way around it. Um, (laughs) So like Ola, if for those of you listening, Ola dot Ola Ola dot org is a great VPN and it's free. And it actually shows that you can use it for MLB. But, um, you know, I think that, uh, you know, I like that's that's a great service. Like I pay, I gladly pay $130 a year so I can watch every single Tigers game, Reds game, whatever baseball game I want to watch. Um, but I think, you know, like then like, you know, WWE kind of got it right with with their um, with WWE USC channel TV. Yeah, oh, okay. yeah, yeah, WWE TV, but like Fight Pass is still not that great. Like Fight Pass is no, good. It doesn't include the pay-per-views. No, no, and WWE TV does. And like yeah. WWE has never tried to stop streams of WWE, I think. And it's like the UFC, you know, they, they partner up with SOPA and then we're big proponents of SOPA and, and all this anti-piracy shit. And it's just yeah. nonsense, man. I mean, it, it you know, if it, there's... the it's like whenever you're not whenever the market is fucking up a black market creates itself exactly i mean that's that's pretty much it and like in the internet it's free and like so if they have ads or anything you just download ad block and you can stream every event and if you know what you're doing you can get good quality um and it's it's just like you know i i paid i remember when i had cable and i paid for ufc's Twice, two months in a row, it costs like sixty dollars. Yeah, sixty bucks a hit, man. Yeah, and and they yeah, were garbage pay per views. Yeah, if you go online though, you can save like twenty bucks if you at least you could. Like I, I bought I bought um like when No Guerra got his arm destroyed by Frank Mir, I bought yeah. that package and that was definitely worth it just for that fight. But <laughs> that was forty dollars. But like if they did even let's say they did twenty dollars a pay per view, and yeah. or if they made it, you could do it. Like I paid um. 20 bucks for there was like this eight man tournament and 170 pounds and Jim Ross and Chael Sonnen were announcing and it had uh, like Brock Larson and uh, Cody McKenzie and all these dudes um, competing. And I gladly paid the $20 to watch like this eight man tournament. And they fought like if you, if you won, you you fought three fights that night and it was just like crazy old school style UFC. Um, but it's just like even if the UFC, like if they even said twenty five dollars, I'd probably pay twenty five dollars. I pay. I would too. I I'd pay. Do that. Yeah, I pay twenty dollars for Meta Morris, and that's way more boring than the UFC. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's weird, man. I I definitely don't see their justification on paying, having pay per views that high. I I'm I can't believe that people s- still pay for cable, man. I drop my cable. I have Hulu, Netflix, and like a few like $5 channels or whatever that my wife likes. But I mean, I have no, I dropped my bill from like 160 a month to my cable, my uh, internet's like 40 and my, uh, yeah. And Netflix and that. So that's 60 bucks a month. I don't cut it in half almost. It's ridiculous how, <laughs> how much. And then the direct TV will still call me. Uh, would you like to purchase? I'm like, do I have dumb fuck tattooed on my forehead? <laughs> this is, you're crazy. You're selling an old product, an outdated product. Well, Dish is actually <laughs> getting smarter, and they have that new twenty dollar package where you get like Slinger ESPN. 
Well, sl- yeah, they bought Slingbox and they also bought Blockbuster, which was kind of interesting. Um, but they, so they have this new idea and I guess they're only making, it's costing them like $15 to bring it and they're selling it for 20, but that still yeah. makes sense. I mean, that's still a profit and if, and it's going to get people. So it will give you like online logins to use like ESPN. And, um, so that's like one thing that, that like, so it's, it's kind of like focusing on it for people like us that watch everything through like a computer or yeah, like in a Roku that's one box. Of the main problems I have is accessing ESPN. I have Apple TV, and I have my I have a code to watch ESPN, but it the channel is like shitty shitty on there. I'm gonna have to try Roku see if it's an Apple pro- thing or. I or just what. got a, a Fire TV. Um, I got a little Fire TV. Uh, I get the Fire Stick, and I like that because I could put um xbmc on it which if you don't or now it's called cody if you don't know what that is once we're done talking i'll make sure you do but that will definitely alleviate anybody who wants to watch like you can watch uh all the like all this all the odd movies that are up for oscars they're already online so you can watch them all um, Gotcha. <laughs> and uh it, when new tv shows come up but like i like having prime i pay for for amazon prime every year i pay for netflix like i don't because it's it's it makes sense to it's like it's ten but it's eight bucks a month that's that's fine. Every movie that you you know that you could ever want to watch, unless you watch a shitload of TV. But yeah, I I, I barely watch any TV. You know. Yeah, it has to be like like I'll watch The Walking Dead, and I'll watch uh, like The Strain, that new show, The Strain. It has to be like really good like content, yeah. but otherwise that's like. What, that's what I would be watching too is walking dead and I haven't seen the strain yet, but sci-fi shit and then sports, you know, sci-fi and sports. That's pretty much what I do. <laughs> so what's your favorite sports then, man? Are you, so are you a big Detroit fan then? No, I like, uh, I, I'm a Steelers fan because my father was a, uh, Cowboys fan and they had a huge rivalry and I, uh, would just, you know, pick whatever he didn't like. <laughs> 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 But uh, I like uh, college football. Pretty happy with with the Buckeyes, of course. Yeah, um, man. That was crazy, right? Yeah, that was insane, man. I was so happy. I had so many people talking shit <laughs> for so long. <laughs> it was so nice to just shut them the fuck up. Dude, OSU fans. Be number two. <laughs> yeah. Well, what's funny is, too, like most people from Toledo are like pretty much Detroit everything. And then yeah. OSU. Like yeah. it's, it's like Detroit, yeah, it's weird. like I'm a Toledo's Tigers so close to the border though. I mean, oh yeah, man. Like the I, same crack you could buy in Toledo is the same crack you buy in Detroit. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the economies are connected, man. Like it's like, it's usually just on a smaller scale. Like things are going shitty in Detroit. They're definitely going shitty in Toledo. Yeah. And, without a doubt. Yeah. And now that it's, it's starting to get, I don't know. I, I think it's actually like it, it's, um, when I went back there recently, like when I left there, like I was just like, man, I got to get out of here. This is depressing. But now that like I'm going back, there's not really good factory jobs for people to live off of. Now it's like kind of exciting because there's like a lot of changes that are going to be made. And I think people are actually like realizing that they have to make changes. And, you know, yeah. Cardi Finkbeiner yeah. isn't the mayor anymore. And. The, the it's sink or swim. Yeah. Do you remember Cardi Finkbeiner? Oh yeah. 
Yeah, he was. <laughs> I remember that he was a pretty big embarrassment a lot. Yeah. And then uh, he was on the Daily Show making Toledo look horrible. Yeah. He, I've, I've met that guy. Like, he's like, he's like a, a dude who, he's just like an old school guy that likes to get in front of a room and, and try get to his blood pressure up. Yeah. But he, he just has awful ideas. Like, and yeah. he, but he can get a lot of people to buy into his bad ideas. Um, <laughs> It's so funny, man. Like the whole you being from Toledo thing. That's so crazy. I had no idea. Um, yeah, one one thing I do miss uh, in Toledo is the uh, art museum, man. I used to so love good. going to the fucking art museum. The zoo, too, if man. If you're ever in Toledo, Ohio, yeah, check out the art museum and the zoo. I think it's the art museum was rated third in nation or something. When yeah, was- the zoo's ranked high, too. So the art museum, for those of you that don't know, some rich guy named who started who started Libby Glass bought a lot of the really like uh, rare art pieces that the, the Toledo Museum have off the black market. So like the mummies and uh, everything. Do you remember when they had the mummies like and they pulled oh, them yeah. out because they started the to stink? Yeah, definitely, man. That, that was so crazy to see one. Yeah. Being that young. Yeah. And they're they're uh, So he bought those off the black market and apparently... The first mummy that he got, he took out and he danced with it because he was so <laughs> happy that he got a mummy. Well, that's what you do, man. You man. I'll tell you what. When I saw that uh, mummy, I was so young. I, I was so young that I, I remember thinking, this motherfucker could come to life. Yeah. And, and then we're all in deep shit. <laughs> do, you remember, do you remember the movie Monster Squad? It's like the oh, green- hell yeah. Wolfman has nards, man. <laughs> yeah. I always thought that. I always thought that mummy was gonna come alive. He's like, there's a mummy in the closet. I remember that that uh that movie's a classic. If nobody's checked that out, you guys yeah. gotta that movie is that movie's great. You need to check it out right away. The mummy he- what's that? He- Do you remember there used to be a uh me a tiny museum in the uh zoo too? It was a museum of uh I don't know, a museum of natural history or something like that. It was a long time ago, but they renovated it since and got rid of it. But they used to have like lead, uh, lead bombs from World War One, and they had uh, shrunken voodoo, actual shrunken. I remember the shrunken heads. Yeah, I do. I, yeah, me and my brother used to stare for hours at those things. Like, holy shit, man! They got these from some headhunters. This is crazy. <laughs> I used to have so much fun in that place. You know, it, it's weird that. Uh, Thinking back of it, that's like one of my most vivid times in Toledo. It wasn't, you know, being with my friends or anything like that. It was like hanging out in the museum and checking out, you know, mummies and shrunken heads and bombs and shit like that. <laughs> so yeah. Cool. The aquarium was cool, too. Um, oh, yeah. That aquarium was pretty sweet. The that new ape, what they did with the apes is really cool. Like the um, the ape exhibit. Um so it's it's like that's the cool thing about Ohio, man. That we do actually have like Columbus Zoo is really good too because it's all like Jack Hanna. Um, yeah. I remember in Ohio, for people that don't know, has had multiple occurrences of crazy rich people that own exotic animals and then they kill themselves and the animals get loose. Like what happened in Zanesville and they shot like all those lions oh, and yeah. Jack that's Hanna great. was all sad and. Dude, yeah, Ohio has some of the most strange. strange we have strange laws. You can't. Yeah, you can't smoke weed, but you can own lions and tigers. 
Yep. <laughs> which, which one's more hazardous to the community? Apparently weed, Stan. It's weed. Weed is really bad for people, not lions and tigers. Fuck your original thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that's funny, dude. Um, well, anyways, brother, I try to keep these about an hour. Got to have you on again. Anything else you want to promote before we go? No, just keep an eye out. I'll uh, follow me on, on Twitter at Stand the Devil uh, and at Damn Good Chili for the for the chili uh, spices. And also keep a ear out. I'll be posting something really soon about WTF Weird Tales of the Frontier. That's funny. I didn't realize it was even WTF. <laughs> Oh that's, yeah, that's dude. awesome, Perfect. dude. When it comes to marketing, we know what the fuck we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> well, everyone, go and order yourself a packet of damn, damn good chili. Um, they actually, I was just looking. They have two options. You can buy one packet, or you can get a deal, and you can order six, five, and get yeah, five, and you get six one free. Okay, okay. Yeah, so you get six and the fifth one, this five and the sixth one's free. Um, definitely do it. Aussies love it. I'm sure I'm going to love it and be a frequent customer. Um, so everyone, purchase some of Stan's Chili, support him. Also, we're a member of the Inspired Disorder Collective, so go to the inspireddisordercollective.com. Um, I think it's slash the sample hour. And if you like Ray Taylor's art, buy some of his art and use code name sample and contribute to the show. Um, look for a website from the sample hour soon. I've only been doing this podcast two years, still no website. So that should be coming up here within the next couple weeks. And Joey Diaz, January 29th at the funny bone. We're going to have a good time. I think the guys from Toronto are coming down to see Joey Diaz cause he can't go to Canada. So come on out and hang out with us at world of beer at where the show's at 10 15. So we're going to be meeting at World of Beer at 8.30. Get a little bit fucked up before we go to the show. So everyone, thanks again for listening. I'm at your sample follow at Stan Da Devil. So that's S-T-A-N-D-A, then Devil, D-E-V-I-L. Hopefully I spelled Devil right. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> or Unholy Cod Peace on Twitter. Um, or And also follow a Damn Good Chili. Thank you guys so much for tuning in.
drug money, bail money, heard they got life for me, how they got life for me, when they took that from me, since I had my nose, since I had my nose, yeah.